was on my heart way before uh, all the stuff that's going on in the world. So bear with me, but we'll just lift it up in prayer before we start the message. Glorious and mighty God, I do thank you. I thank you in the midst of madness, you're still the rock. In the midst of uncertainty, you're still our refuge. You're still our strength. And all things are yours, are in your hands, my God and King. Nothing can be taken from you. And nothing, come, nothing of good does not come already from your hand. But Lord, I want you to pray. I want to pray, Father, that you would just not only anoint my heart and my words, and my hands and my feet as I bring this message, but Lord, release people's hearts, release people's ears and, and eyes, Lord Jesus. May they see revelation, just as Peter saw the revelation of you. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Let them hear the good news of the, go- the gospel and let salvation dwell within them. For the Holy Spirit is with us. In Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. So today's message, as you can see, is titled, Jesus is our rock and refuge. And for me, the key verse for this message was always going to be Isaiah 26, verses 3 to 4. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. So church, when you think about, what do you think about, and what images come into your mind when I say the word rock? You can shout out a few examples, but what comes into your mind, first thing in your mind when I say rock? And I'm not talking about the actor. Solid, yeah. Good. Sturdy. I'm not going to test you, don't worry. Any others? Strong foundation. Strong foundation, amen. Any others? Who said that one? In, in, invincible. Immovable, yes. Like the words, you've all got your dictionaries out today. Good. Right. Thank you for those definitions. I'm going to give you a few more. What is a rock and what is a refuge? Now, according to Google and Merriam-Webster, rock is a large mass of stone forming a cliff, a point of land, or a peak. So let me show you so you've got something to look at. That's the rock of Gibraltar. Most of us know about that one. I've got to the top of that one as well. wasn't all that. Anyway. And then there was a rock, a much smaller version of a rock. So the rock of Gibraltar is famous for being one of the most world's most strategically placed landmarks. Historically, this large rock was used as a fortress. I don't know how, but it was. And acted as a great defense against enemy forces. It was very hard to impregnate that one. And then we've got an, a normal rock, much smaller. Which of these do you think the biblical writer had in mind when they wrote of God being their rock and refuge? Which one of these two? I hope so. (laughs) In scripture, the word rock is used as a metaphor to signify strength, steadiness, and durability. But you guys also came up with a few words I will be using later on in the message. Strong's Bible Concordance describes a refuge as a shelter, protection, a fortress, a hope, a place of trust, and a shelter from the storm. This is a picture of one of the French fortresses, again, was pretty much impregnable. I think the, the best fortress ever made in the world is in India, but it doesn't look very much. I thought I'd use the prettier one. But <laughs> these things are relevant for a fortress. That's what you, when God, we're talking about God now, 
When we talk about fortress, that's what you need to have in mind. I'm sure all of us can think of a time when we put our faith or confidence completely in a person, a job, and may I be even as bold to say a church. You can say amen, church. Yeah. But we're let down. But there's one who will never let you down. And I'm going to show you who that is. Psalm 18, verses 1 to 3. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my saviour. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I call on the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. <coughs> the words rock and refuge are used a number of times in the Psalms, and show God's faithfulness to those who would call out to him, and often shows his kindness, mercies, and goodness shown to those people even when they rebelled against him. Remember uh, David's psalm, Psalm 51, I think it is, where he falls and he repents and he comes straight back to God because he knows who he is. The psalms are encouragement to believers to observe and heed these things and diligently consider the love, goodness, and works of God. So where do you run to when trouble comes your way? I hope, I hope I'm hearing God, Jesus, one of those. <laughs> Psalm 107, verses 28 to 32. Lord, help. Isn't that what we normally say, church? Lord, help. This is a psalm. Even before we got here, people were crying out. They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbour. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. This psalm was written over 500 years before Christ walked this earth. But can you see a parallel to a gospel story? We're nodding. Do we know what the gospel story is? Just give me a, the gospel name. Yeah, it's Mark. Mark chapter 5, verses 35 to 41, where Jesus calms the storm while he's in the boat with the disciples. It shows Jesus is in the storm with us and will bring calm to them when we put our trust in him. His disciples will go on to preach his gospel to many congregations and many leaders across the world. Psalm 91, verses 1 to 4. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armour and protection. And then from verse 14 to verse 16. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I love the Psalms. They just sum it all up, sometimes what we're going through. Let me just go back quickly to, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you from his wings. I had the privilege of going to Warwick Castle this year with my wife. We, we saw the bird show. There's a magnificent bird show. 
I shouldn't really promote Warwick Castle, but anyway, it's a, a great bird show. And I've seen birds of prey up close, literally flying that close over my head. And when you see these beasts, they are flying beasts, church. That's what God, that's when he says about feathers, we're not talking about chickens. <laughs> we're talking about birds of prey, magnificent birds of prey, eagles, even owls. These are hunting prey that they're talking about. So please, I want your mindsets to be in the fact of how big God is. When we're talking about these words, they're, they're not done on purpose. They're not done by accident. The writers are trying to give you that image of the God that you're under and in the refuge of. Amen? Amen. God is our refuge and fortress in whom we trust. Trials, <clears throat> trials will come our way, but each time God takes us through one, the more we learn to trust and lean on his strength. I know that's my testimony, church. Every trial that comes my way, and I'm still going through trials, but God keeps taking me through. There's no better comforter than our God. Sometimes I need a hug. Ah. No. <laughs> so I find my wife. Men, you find your wife if you're married to get a hug. You can hug a brother. But if it's not another woman, it has to be your wife. Amen? <laughs> you find your wife and you give her a hug. God also loves to hug us. But I find his hugs come when I intentionally seek him. While my hugs with you in a quite an int- intimate interaction, a hug from God is completely overwhelming, and I can be lost in him in those times. The Lord has taken us through whatever situation we have faced or will face. No matter what our hearts cry and how we feel, the Lord has and will take us through. No matter how dark the day gets or how dire our situation is, the Lord has and will take us through. And we are blessed because the Lord on high is with us. He does not leave us nor forsake us because our God is our rock and we can rejoice and know that the Lord will take us through. So church, when trials come our way, either self-made or sent by God to form and to mold us into the person he destined us to be, I feel there are going to be three scenarios we have open to us. The first one is that, we, that as we go through our experience or trial, we give up. We do. Some of us give up. This is not good. This will not help you, and it's only going to hinder your growth that God wants you to grow into. The second one will be that you give up on or turn away from God. You blame and question him, and you go against him. This is the most dangerous, as you may turn away completely from him. And this last one, which is what I would recommend every believer does, is that you trust and you draw nearer to God. You walk with God and allow him to be your refuge, strength, peace and joy despite your situation. I believe sometimes it's one of those milestone moments in your life that we need to walk through for God to move you on to your next chapter. He has for us. So I encourage you, please reject the first two options as they will only hinder you and in some cases destroy you. Choose to make God your rock in your trials. A quote from Tony Evans. Sometimes God lets you hit rock bottom so that you will discover that he is the rock at the bottom. The knots of life sometimes knock us flat, 
But when Jesus knocks, he doesn't knock the stuffing out of you. He knocks out stupidity, ignorance, arrogance, and unfaithfulness. He will always be there to make you better than you ever thought you would be by his grace and mercies. Genesis 4, verse 7. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. That's Genesis. That's just before the very first murder in the Bible, Cain and Abel. It's God's warning to Cain. It's also a warning to us that if we don't allow God to be our refuge, we can fall into that trap. How do you find refuge in God? Psalms again, 138 verse 3. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. On the day you call, God will answer. That is a truth, church. It's a promise you can always keep. You call to him, he will answer. It invites him to come into our situation and move as only he can. He reminds of his character, faithfulness, and who we are to him, through him, and in him. Romans 8.2 And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. At least to death. Freedom in Jesus through the life of the Holy Spirit brings a strength, reassurance and security like no other. Do you pursue God as passionately as he pursues you? I'm not going to let you answer that question. Because I already know the answer. Because it's true of me as well. Realistically, no one can. But you do need to try and earnestly seek and please him with your efforts. God gives refuge to those who humble themselves before him. Nahum, verses one, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. Quote from Tim Keller. You don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Let me share a testimony with you. I've worked in many organizations, and I won't say this organization I'm talking about. But it was a great organization. I got there, and I was really, they trained me up. They gave me lots of skills, and I was really grateful, and I had a great manager. But then I had a change of manager, and the new manager didn't take to me. And in that time, I was investigated twice. Mm, not once, but twice. In my role, that's not very good, if anyone knows what I do. I work in HR. And I was investigated once on an independent one on how I dealt with a case. Again, nothing was wrong because there was nothing to find and I was cleared. The second one, my HR team investigated me. And on that one, they could find nothing, but they said they would monitor me by God's grace. But the manager just upped the ante. That person just wanted me out. I used to come in on a Monday dreading what what that person was going to say what they were going to do, what they were going to pick up, niggling things. I could miss a a dot, a full stop, and I'd be pulled up. Madness it was, absolute madness. I was feeling sick, physically sick. I had good brothers around me and my wife as well. And I just couldn't see a way out. I I could see, you know when you can see someone just wants to get rid of you. I could just see it on the horizon. So I was praying hard, I was applying for jobs, and I, you know, I, 
I went to three, about two or three interviews, and I wasn't getting it. I'm thinking, Lord, if I don't find a job soon, I'm just going to quit. Just going to quit. I know it's not going to look good, but I'm just going to quit. And I got a, a, uh, an interview. And just before the interview, I was in my kitchen. I, I remember it really clearly. I was in my kitchen, and the peace of God just flooded me. And I just broke down. And I knew it was Jesus. And he didn't say, you've got the job or anything like that, but I just knew peace of God was with me and I went to the interview I thought I did okay and I was driving back and even before I got home they ring me up I said we'd like to see you again Mr. Gessing we want to give you the job even before I got home got the job I had my uh, resignation letter typed up for a good few months <laughs> for this woman so that Monday I'm big and bold I'm walking up and I'm getting ready for the, the onslaught that's going to happen and I said I've got something for you. Just give the letter. I'm leaving. And the person's face, it's almost, you know, sometimes you see some people's faces and it's like they didn't know where to go. And they said, okay. And they released me. And I got the best job that I ever thought I would. It was, the, it was those sort of jobs that you were praying for. I needed to be close to home. It was a job that I wanted to do in a field I wanted to do, doing, using my skills. And God planted me there and I excelled again. Because that job took a lot out of me. It took all my self-confidence, all my self-esteem. And it took me a good couple of years to rebuild myself by God's grace. And I was still in church, still trying to do the things that you need to do in church. Still had a family. I was still trying to be a father, a husband. But if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't have come through. So that's what I want to encourage you, church. The situation, when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like you're going to come out, but I'm, I can assure you, you will. And it's better the other side. You can't see it, but it's better the other side. Amen? Amen. We all say we trust God, but when we're going through something, do we trust him or do we fret and worry? If so, I encourage you to change your thinking to, I'm going through this, going through this situation, but God is still good. Psalm 59, verses 16 to 17. But as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. O my strength, to you I sing praises for you. O God, are my refuge. Sorry, Lord. Strength to you I sing praises for you, O God, are my refuge. The God who shows me unfailing love. Most of the time we don't realise or acknowledge God has always been our rock and refuge, shielding, protecting and refreshing us in our troubles. I remember uh, sometimes in my past, I was a bit of a boy racer, sorry Lord. The Lord has delivered me from that. But when I had my first car, I thought I could do nothing, nothing in that car, I'd take on all sorts of people in, in my car. Um, and so the Essex Police don't monitor this as well, I won't be saying what I was doing. So... <laughs> But just to say, there's one time I was driving maybe a bit over the speed limit. It was around the docks area, and it was dark. And you're, you're flinging the car around thinking, yeah, you're like a rally driver. But somebody was telling me, and I wasn't a Christian, this is before I was saved. Somebody was telling me, you need to slow down, you need to brake. And I think, well, there's nothing in front of me, so I do so. And it's a good thing I did, because a wall came straight up. And I was able to stop. This is before... I knew the Lord. The Lord was keeping an eye on me, 
say, it's not your time yet. You've got a time, but it's not your time yet. And I didn't even know then, but I know now. And once I know, I've got to acknowledge. Amen? Amen. What we need to accept is sometimes God will complete his will and purposes through adversity. And he's going to mold us through them. Jesus defeated sin and death and provided eternal salvation through adversity. When you run or try to hide from God, like Peter, Peter did run. He failed. I, if I would do that, if I'd failed Jesus like that, and I think I have done sometimes in my time as being a Christian, I've run from him. He's still merciful. And he's gracious to give us refuge. As he has that purpose for our lives, for his glory. He desires to see us overcome in his strength and power. He overcomes our situation and sometimes ourselves, like our fears, our insecurities, and our faults. There are times, church, I want to hold my head and run backwards and forwards screaming, I don't want to do this anymore. But then I call to God and he wraps his arms around me and his love, peace, and comfort flood my being. And I catch myself, I start again in his strength and power. Don't look at your situations but focus on the awesome God and Savior who is, in, who is with you in them and you can trust and hold on to through them. Psalm 56, verses 3 to 4. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Do we know this song? I'm going to try and sing just this verse before it says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I love that scripture. It's not even a scripture, it's a song. But it's truth. That's solid truth, church. On that... It's only on Christ that we stand. And everything else is going to fall away. Only the rock prevails. So why is it good to have Jesus as your rock? Let's look at the Master's words. Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Church, we allow ourselves to make people or things our rock in our lives. Is that a fair point? My dad, before I met Jesus, was my rock. But I felt great loss and uncertainty when he passed away. Jesus was the disciples' rock. Then he was crucified, and it shattered their hearts and lives. But the rock, who is higher than I, revealed himself fully to them and the world that he was and is the Son of God. He is the only rock you can rely on, who never changes or diminishes in any way. You can put your complete faith and trust in him and he will never leave your side, ever. 
Psalm 118, verses 19 to 24. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. You will rejoice and be glad in it. Our rock is immovable. Jesus is the cornerstone for all believers. And without Jesus, there is no church. Now, we all understand what a cornerstone is. Do we church? I know there's builders in the church somewhere. But any foundation needs a strong start. Anyone done Lego? Meccano? If you don't, if the base ain't right at the bottom, it ain't going to stand, is it? The same with the cornerstone, the capstone of a foundation. Do you know that every building that you make, the most important thing is not what you put on top of the foundation, but the foundation itself. And even as we were doing the worship, I remember what popped into my head was about the soils. Remember the power of the soils and the seed. What's the most important thing about growth with the power Soil and roots. Like any plant, any tree, if it doesn't take root, it won't survive. Like us. If that foundation isn't Jesus, we won't last. We will wither away, just like the fig tree that Jesus rebuked. Do you hear, church? The cornerstone, the capstone needs to be Jesus. Anything else is not going to stand. When you build a house, it needs a solid foundation to build on. But just let me let you know, just as good foundations are essential for buildings... They're also essential for relationships. Let me ask you, what's your key relationship, church? Jesus. Your hesitation worries me. We're in church. I know that cross symbolizes Jesus. If we don't know who our foundation is, we are on shaky ground. Amen, church? Sometimes we've got to be more confident. You know what the answer is. Speak it. The Lord is with you. Yes, Jesus. That's what they told us at Bible college. What's the answer to every question? Jesus. Basic. Here are some key drivers for most people and how Jesus fulfills them. So we all want to achieve, and Jesus will help us achieve because he achieves salvation through him. And there's advancement. In Jesus, we become a child of God. There's no greater elevation or privilege we can achieve. And then there's accumulation, gaining stuff. But we receive an unimaginable inheritance only available in and through God, salvation. Amen? Amen. Jesus answers and directs all the above once we accept and receive his salvation. And in his salvation, he becomes our rock. And he takes us under his wing and we start to take full refuge in him. Remember, church, not chicken wings, Eagle wings in the refuge of God. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My, new, my youth is renewed like the eagle's. 
There are some of the, these are some of the blessings we enjoy and experience in making God our rock. With Jesus as our rock and refuge, we, be, we benefit because Jesus was anointed with the Spirit and shares his Spirit with us. He brought the good news of the gospel, God's salvation, for all those who believe and receive it by faith through grace. He heals all those who are broken. He brings freedom from sin and death through new life in him. And he releases us from bondages, spiritual, physical, and mental. I don't know why God gave me all these R's, but he gave me 10 R's to share with the church. I think it was because Rock and Refuge started it all. But when we take refuge in Jesus, he will refresh, renew, restore, revitalize, reaffirm, reignite, refine, release, rearm, and redeem. Those last ones, release, that's freedom. Freedom. Rearm. Church, we're in a battle. Every day, every moment, every day, we're in a battle. You have to rearm. Any military leader will tell you, if you can't supply the troops with armament, you might as well bring them home because they're no good to you. We are the armor of Christ, are we not, church? We are fighting. for Our, not, our souls are saved. But there are souls we're fighting for that need to be saved. And you need to be armed, not just with the armor of God, but with all those essential things, prayer, faith. The joy of salvation sometimes is what will win a, a brother and sister to you because they want that, what you've got. And that one, I always finish on, redeem. That's the greatest one, redeem. We can't do nothing unless we're redeemed. Amen. It's a lot of psalms today, but psalms was what God gave me. Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good, O oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Jesus is our dwelling place and our hiding place, who we can run to in times of trouble. And when Jesus is our rock, he is our strength, he is our foundation, he is our source, he is our refuge. We picked up on that. Uh, Pastor Rana played a song with, where it said, He is. But you can put many things after He is. He is good. He is God. He is merciful. He is kind. He is just. He is righteous. He is holy. Church, you can keep going on and on. But remember, He is. I've only chose two words today. He is your rock. He is your refuge. But our Almighty God is more than that. He is many things to many people. In many ways. <coughs> Only refuge in him saves us from the wrath and righteous judgment of a holy and almighty God. Take refuge in him, draw your strength from him, and be blessed. And you will be a blessing once you come out the other side. I'm only going to throw out a few names, but ask Job, ask Paul, ask Joseph. But I will always go back to the bedrock, ask Jesus. While I seesaw back and forth, spiritually and emotionally, he is the rock and the anchor who holds me steady when I face storms. He's the only faithful constant I can put my faith and trust in. Now I'm going to break rank and go into Isaiah. Isaiah 28, verse 16. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone, it is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. 
Whoever believes need never be shaken. That's us, church. Built on the solid rock, Jesus Christ our Lord. We need to build our lives on the solid rock foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ our Saviour. No other foundations can save or sustain us or provide shelter and refuge like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Heavenly and merciful Father, we do thank you that you are our rock, you are our refuge, you are our tower, you are our strength. All things are in you, Lord. All things come from you. All things will go back to you. There's no one thing that you have not had a hand in. So Heavenly Father, I pray that those of us who are going through trials, those of us who are going through storms, that we hold on to the rock. The immovable rock. The unshakable rock. The rock who is our foundation. Who was set as the cornerstone even before the beginning of time. He, Jesus is spoken about throughout the Old Testament scriptures. He fulfills most of those prophecies in the New Testament. And he's still writing the story through the gospel and our lives as we share that gospel with other people. Heavenly Father, merciful Lord Saviour, ever-present Holy Spirit, empower your children to come humbly before you, to seek refuge in you, in the shadow of your mighty wings. Those who are weary, Lord, let them come and be refreshed. Those who need a fortress, Lord, to be sheltered from what is the onslaught of what life can be like, Lord, give them rest. Restore their soul. Be like the deer that pants for the water. A thirst for you, Lord Jesus. Let them have a thirst for you. Let them know you. Let them acknowledge you. And Lord, even despite their situations, let them glorify you. Let you be seen in it. There is no, yeah, there is no situation that God is not in control of. There's no situation that's so dark that God can not bring light into it. There's no person who could have done anything they thought was wrong and God has not forgiven them. For what God has forgiven, no man can unforgive. No situation can unforgive. No word spoken against you can stand against the truth, the word of God. So church, I pray, I encourage you. It's not as bad as it seems. It feels like it is. But no matter what you're facing, no matter who is coming against you, your God is bigger, your God is stronger, and your God will take you through. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, amen. So thank you, church. Yes.